0: A big, big increase in the Bank of England's forecast for the speed of growth in the UK economy. That's helped the FTSE today and the Aussie dollar, which was hit with the headlines over relations with China yesterday. That has more than recovered. As China keeps buying commodities and the price of those commodities keeps going up. That's all helping the economic recovery in Oz. But Guy DeBell was talking in Perth last night saying the employment numbers are still a worry in Australia. And speaking of jobs, non-farm payrolls in the US tonight. A million extra employed perhaps. It's Friday the 7th of May 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well the US dollar is down north. 0.4%. It has, of course, been up and down all week around the 91 mark on the DXY. The Aussie dollar uh, is up as much as the US dollar is down, rising over 0.4% and pushing uh, back over 78 US cents, recovering from that mid-afternoon sell-off that we saw yesterday. It's now just about where it was at the beginning of the last week, and the euro also strong today, up half a percent. The pound is down, though, although the FTSE 100 is doing well, up half a percent. Same for the Dow, actually a bit more than half percent for the Dow. The Nasdaq, though, down 0. 2%. So it's not shown any sustained growth since early February, in fact, really. Not much movement in bonds either. What there is, again, is happening in the UK with a three basis point fall in 10-year gilt yields. And oil is down a 1.2% drop in Brent. Copper, let's throw in another 1.7% on the price of copper, up to $460 a pound, onwards ever upwards for uh, for copper, isn't it? Uh, so uh, it's more of the same story of late. is e- picking up and inflation fears that go with that as well, particularly with supply shortages pushing some of those prices up. And so let's look at all of that with David DeGarris, NAB's director Economics for Markets in London, where the Bank of England met, didn't yeah. taper, but they did up their forecast quite a bit, didn't they, Dave? Goodness, goodness, yes, Phil. They,
1: uh, they're really pretty strident with their change in forecast for this year, expecting now, uh, what, 7.5% growth. Mm. The market consensus is about 5.5% growth. Their previous forecast was 5 That no, was just look, a few months
0: ago. I mean, Exactly.
1: <laughs> but, but, you know, just look at where the economy has been and where it's going to right now. And I think, you know, the UK had, was one, of the, had one of the toughest 2021 in the first part of this year, and now it's going to have a strong rebound. I mean, mm. yeah, you know, we've spoken at length about the vaccination success and so forth. So we can't be too surprised, but the market saw that. It also saw quickly news that the Bank of England was reducing its weekly purchases of assets and sort of misread there that there was some sign of tapering. so we did see a bit of a spike in the pound uh, in the wake of that that quickly dissipated uh, you know once the press conference was underway, and people read in that the asset purchase total program wasn't changing, and that, that's, that's the important takeaway right. So
0: it's just the speed of it. They're keeping their-
1: absolutely, and they need yeah. they need to reduce the rate of buying now to yeah. maintain, you know, to get to that end of year target.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which we were saying yesterday uh, on the on the podcast. So look, we are a long way then, Absolutely. aren't we, from uh, talking about negative interest rates? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. A <laughs> step quicker, perhaps, to going the other direction. I mean, maybe next year if these forecasts do eventuate.
1: Well, that's that's the inclination of markets to think that you know, if the economy is recovering quickly, how quickly will the central bank respond by increasing the cash rate? You're getting traction on asset prices. We've talked about equity markets. We've talked about um, housing markets, but and but of course the Reserve Bank knows. You know, with the supply chain disruptions, it's very real out there. Phil, that mm. that's going to see an uplift in the inflation rate, but they're not. They re, they regard that as as, as temporary. Now yeah. no, no one knows how long that temporary is, but they're prepared then, to, to to give it a shot and and look beyond that in the first instance. So they're not going to place- be rushing.
0: No, they won't. Well, yeah, in, what was it, let's not get carried away, was uh, what Andrew Bailey said, Indeed. wasn't it, today? But, I mean, their, their forecast for inflation isn't that large anyway. I mean, they, they were saying 2% this year. Uh, that They've upped that to 2.5% and then down to 2% next year. So, yes. I mean, it's not exactly overshooting the target, is it?
1: No, it's not. And uh, a- a- absolutely. So it's not as if they're forecasting 25 then 3 35 If they've mm. done that and they really believed it, you'd think the market would be thinking about rate rises next year, but central banks pretty much uh, want to see the inflation rate go up before they, 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 want, to make, they want to make sure it's real. And uh, rather than something that's just in their models. But as you say, they're not even forecasting at this
0: stage. So this is, the, I mean, the monetary policy report today said that uh, a lot of that inflation is, is going to come from the uh, expected rise in energy prices over the year. But, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it's more than that, isn't it? It is, it is the supply chains and, and commodity yes. prices generally. So yes. iron ore now trading above $200, which is great for Australia. Uh, but for how long is the question? And, and could the rise in commodities around the world be the one thing that stalls a recovery? Because if, if prices go up, but we've got central banks saying, oh, look, this is only temporary. I know what I'd be doing if I, if I saw the price of stuff going up and I'm and being told, well, it's not going to be up for long. I, I'd delay spending. So I'm just wondering, how do you get out of that paradox where you you uh, you know you could wait for supply chains to recover, but they're not going to recover very quickly if there's well, well, subdued it, demand?
1: It, 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 it's a fair point, Phil. But, but remember, too, that it's as much responding to fixed supply in the short term, and, of course, the supply chain disruptions that are very real, Mm. things like metals. I mean, you don't build a new copper mine overnight. It takes a number of years to do that. You don't build new iron ore mines overnight. It takes years to do that. So you're talking about fixed short-term supply, and you're talking about a big shift in the demand side, big shift in the spending side. So inevitably, but, you know, what's going to clear that is, It's going to take time to meet that demand and uh, prices are going to rise in the meantime. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Not that this is particularly atypical in terms of the direction, but what is atypical is the speed of decline that we had and, of course, the speed of recovery that we're seeing right now.
0: Yeah. And the damage that's been done to those supply lines in the in the short term as well, which have now got to recover. So, uh, you know, it's understandable that it's going to take a while to shake down into something which is uh, vaguely approaching normal. Uh, Guy DeBell, the RBA's chief economist, yesterday, he was talking in Perth. Uh, He said that even though the economic recovery was better than most had hoped for, Mm -hmm. that wasn't the case for wages and for inflation. Wage growth, he said, had been noticeably weaker than in many comparable economies, he said.
1: Yes, yes. And, uh um, you know, he was asking the in the question and answer session, Phil, about, you know, is he worried about inflation expectations picking up? And um, he said, "Well, I don't see signs of inflation picking up. You know, I look around at the wages side, I see that pretty steady. Um, there are some pockets of the economy where there are some wage pressures, and I guess we can only, you know, guess what, what he might be thinking of there." But I mean. Ah, uh, skilled trades, housing, yeah you know, those sort of areas. you know you' you're seeing some of that where you're seeing particular um, pressures on skills. But he reminded the audience um, that you know in the past they've they've set monetary policy by looking at you know what the forecast for inflation will be. And in his words, he had a quite a nice turn of phrase today saying, well, it'll be the inflation lived experience, you know what inflation actually is. It's going to guide yeah. their policy. and, as we've we've spoken about after the uh, the Reserve Bank meeting, they don't think that's going to occur until 2024 at the earliest, even on these uh, on these refreshed. Forecast. So is that an
0: admission that it's just not worth forecasting? Because we really, whatever the forecast, you're going to get it wrong because there's so well, many, well, so many balls in the air.
1: He, you know, he thinks that the you know, the dynamics of inflation have changed and they want to see mm. how that, that works out. So they're yep. prepared to run the economy hot to do that, yep. including right. asset prices.
0: Well, yeah, and hence, uh, no, he didn't really commit to anything, did he, over the decision over three-year bonds, whether they should uh, push the target from, from April to, July, to, to, to July. later or not. Yeah. Nothing on that, wasn't Nothing.
1: There was there nothing new, it was, it was nothing new on that except to uh, go through the thought process. So, in other words, they they're what they don't want to cause market dysfunction. And if anything, they're behind other central banks in terms of their purchases, either as mm. a percent of GDP or you know balance sheet that that thing. And um, they'll be watching very carefully what other central banks are doing, you know, because of the exchange rate uh, impact of them uh, tapering uh' we'll, and uh, you know the three year uh, bond guidance will be will be important, and we know the the Fed is not even thinking about thinking about yeah and uh the Bank of england's not tapering either, so um one can only surmise that in july um you know they not i we we still think that you know there'll be another batch of q e yeah maybe tapered, but um the three year bond target you know the forward rates guidance i mean the economy's been running very strongly Phil and we know that job seeker numbers are down through april so the end of uh, job keeper uh, and uh, you know if we get anything like that Flowing through to the labour market, we will we, we'll likely see you know a further reduction in the unemployment rate.
0: Yeah, Look, I reckon Australia wins hands down on the on the branding for all of it. It's very simple, isn't it? Job keeper, job seeker, you know what you get. It says it's what it says on the tin more than more than anywhere else.
1: It is lovely. It is lovely branding, <laughs> and, and the and the result hasn't been too bad. Well, either. well, he
0: is the man for marketing, isn't he? Of course. Now the uh, the RBA statement on monetary policy lunchtime today with revised forecasts. We've already got a wind, of course. Uh, of what those yes. numbers are going to be from the RBA meeting on Tuesday. But we get chapter and verse today. So what will you be looking for in those numbers?
1: Uh, I think um, it, it will be a statement mainly for the, the analytical community. So as you say, we know what the, the growth forecasts are. We know what the main inflation forecasts are. they are going to have some interesting things. Um, you know, one point here that the bell made today was the economy has outperformed their even their upside scenario consistently. So you know, what's their new upside scenario going to be now? And um, they're going to have, they've done some modelling on, you know, what savings might do, you know, for the period ahead. So, you know, what is the upside for the economy from here? What's, what could the unemployment rate get to in that upside scenario? So, um, That'll be interesting
0: to see. Interesting thing with the Aussie dolly yesterday, wasn't it? Because of that, uh, that headline about the, uh, the relationship between Australia and China and how it was struggling. And the, uh, we had the sell-off because the headline that China's National Development and Reform Commission had indefinitely suspended high-level economic dialogue with Australia. But it was fairly short-lived when we realised that they hadn't stopped buying iron ore. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so life returns to normal. But I mean, I guess, yes. you know, it, what is interesting as well, though, at the same time, we've got that relationship between China and the US, which isn't getting really much better than it was under Trump. In fact, uh, that ban on Americans investing in a number of Chinese companies is likely to continue. That's hurt. Uh, the likes of Alibaba and Tencent uh, with their listings in America, but not by much, I have to say, because a lot of this is posturing, isn't it? Because there is talk, in fact, a piece in the South China Morning Post today that Biden's trade team is set yes. for their first talks to discuss that phase one trade deal in the near term, whatever they are. I'm not sure what the near term is. It could be tomorrow or it could be next month. Who knows? Possibly this year. <laughs> yeah, <maybe laughs> definitely this year. Yeah, I yeah,
1: know. But, uh, you know, as you said, you know, the, the, the slight wobble of the Aussie, Had you know, which was trading at seventy-seven sixty, and that headline came out and dropped half a cent, Mm. uh, made it back there, you know, within within a few hours, and here we are today with the Aussie getting up towards seventy-eight cents. So, um, yeah, and uh, China has come back from their three-day break, and uh, what's happened? Base metals are on a tear, as you said. There, copper up through ten thousand, tin up through thirty thousand, and iron ore. Up through two hundred dollars a ton, so um, and and steel prices to boot. Mm. So you know, it, it, it it's telling me that the demand side is is still very strong there, and this is despite Phil the uh, the restrictions that the Chinese authorities have placed on. Steel production, so uh, interesting to
0: say the least. Now, I have to be very quick on this, but it is the important <laughs> important story of the day, really. Non farm payrolls uh, tonight for the US for April. All eyes are going to be on that. Obviously, that the Fed has said they want a, a, st- a string of jobs reports that are very strong uh, before they'll mm. even, people don't even talk about talking about tapering. So uh, the obvious questions is uh, how many is a string and how strong is strong. I mean, we've still got eight and a <laughs> half million Americans without a job uh, who had one before the pandemic. So there's still yes. a way to, ways yes. to go. No, as it's been said. Well, exactly. The
1: consensus is uh, a million, but uh, some estimates go, go up to over two million. So then, Mark's just wondering how big is the number going to be? And today's jobless claims are very much of that ilk. That, um, it's in, the labour market is improving dramatically, mm. which is what you'd expect right now.
0: Yeah, all right, and lots of other numbers as well. The Cajun PMI for services for China, construction PMIs for the UK, the unemployment rate for Canada, and uh, but really, yep, yeah, it's non-farm payrolls that everyone's going to be looking at, and the uh, the numbers underneath those top-line figures that count, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. Uh, good to talk, uh, Dave. We'll catch you again soon. Cheers, Phil. And that's it for this week. But you know what? We'll be back on Monday morning. We always are. We've never miss a beat on the morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for Nab. Have a great weekend. See you next week.